Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. I'm Adam. And I'm Ryan, elementary principal, author, educator, speaker. Um, happy Thanksgiving. I spent a week in uh, San Diego down at my parents' house, golfing, um, hanging out with my brothers and my sisters. I'm actually the second oldest of eight kids, so the house is always busy. Dang. Yeah, we spent an uh, awesome week in Tahoe. Lots of snow, had a great time with family. Uh, it was good to get away, and it's great to be back on the podcast. Uh, this is the show where you have questions and we have answers. If you have questions, tweet them to me at Mr. Adam Welcome or at for Ryan at SheHeRW, and uh, we will add you to the list. And uh, hey, man, let's, uh, let's get going. Question number one, what do you do when you have a staff member that doesn't agree with your vision and is doing what they have always done and not building relationships with kids and parents. So I think we could take that question from two angles as a principal, or also if you're a teacher as a colleague, what do you think, man? Yeah. So as a, as a principal, I think, um, that's when you start having those conversations, those hard conversations to have, but you know, when you're creating that, you're creating that momentum and you're bringing it each day and every day for kids and you see other people aren't necessarily following up and, um, on that same train, they're on a train going a different way. You need to have that conversation with them. It's tough. It's, it's one of those really hard conversations to have, you know, sitting down talking about why they're doing what they're doing and why they're not on the same train as you. And, um, unfortunately that is a big speed bump in education. When you have that schools are not making progressions. They're not going in the, in the way that the way that we want to, you have two diversion of tracks and that's just not good for kids. And as colleagues, you look at that and, you know, it's funny, I, I see it all the time, you know, as I talk to educators, well, my grade level team's doing this or that, or um, I, I used to work at uh, 14 different schools as a physical education Dang. teacher. I rotated around. And one of the things in the, in the um, lunchrooms were people were afraid to do something different just because their grade level team was doing it. And so really getting back to your beliefs. So if you see other people in your grade levels or your colleagues aren't are doing what they've always done and not moving and progressing with the vision and building relationships and with kids do it yourself go out there and model what you want to see really encourage them to uh, get on board I, I worked in this PE department once and um, two teachers I was I was a fifth year teacher and two of them um, they were on each 30 year plus and they were kind of in a spot in their career where they were in a rut they'd done they had done the same exact thing day after day. And it took me, I got in there and I said, Hey, I'm not going to do it like this. I'm going to do it like this, this, and this. And for the first month, I, I know they um, regretted having me on in the apartment, but then <laughs> soon things changed. Um, you know, their perceptions changed and they said, Hey, you know what? It looks like the kids are really enjoying that. Are there, they're really, we're getting great feedback on this, that, or the other. And so they started to try it. And so really taking the opportunities to share with them what you're doing, but not forcing them to do it has always been a huge way that I've been able to see that colleague to colleague, principal to, to um, teacher, different, different story. You got to have those conversations, make sure that everybody's on board. What do you think? Yeah, those collaborative conversations, you know, are so important. And I'm talking in a sarcastic tone because I just think that we spend too much darn time trying to have those collaborative conversations. You know, people like the train has left the station. It is 2018. What rock are people living under? You know, what shed are you living in that you don't even know what's going on and you don't know what's what's good for kids? And my approach is, yeah, you, sh you should try to collaborate and you should try to bring those people along. 
But at some point, you need to feed the people that are hungry. And I believe, let the other ones starve. If they don't want to come on the bus, if they don't want to be part of the team, then you need to like put them in the corner and starve them out. Because there's a few things that's going to happen. First off, they're going to get hungry and they're going to start coming over to the good side. Or, you know what, they're going to leave your school and go somewhere else or they're going to retire. And maybe that sounds harsh, but that is a true reality. You know, we make our school, we make our money in schools with kids in the classroom. Like a school is a business. People may disagree with me, but our business is kids. And if we were in the private sector or in business, our job is to make money. And you cannot make money if you are doing old things that aren't relevant and people just don't agree with uh, what is actually happening. People say all the time, oh yeah, it's, it's coming. No, no, no. It's already here. If you think it's coming, it's already too late. And if you don't think it's coming, then uh, you know what? Something's got to change. So get your people on board, get them on the bus. If not, starve them out and uh, move forward without them. Move on. Awesome. Question number two, how do you fight the feeling of self-doubt when you feel like you were doing so much and not seeing any results? Yeah. So I think looking at that is, you know, that's something where we, we, every single one of us has felt that I think, you know, throughout our career, you know, we do so much. Um, I first year principal, first year teacher, you know, heck, tenure principal, tenure teacher, you know, we put in so much, we pour our heart and soul into these jobs and it hurts. And I doubt myself if I don't see things happening. And what I have to do is I have to ground myself. I have to get back, figure out what am I going to do to motivate myself? It's funny as a, as a teacher, whenever I was in that spot, I would, um, there was two things I would do. I would, A, one, I would do is um, watch Goodwill Hunting. Ah, that's a good movie, man. <laughs> so watching that movie always rejuvenated me and wanted me to get do back out. Do you like out. apples? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who remembers that part? I and, love that part. <laughs> and uh, number two is I would write. I used to write education articles uh, for education journals about physical education. That was one of the things that really helped me push forward because I, I know in my heart of heart that what I'm doing is right. What I'm doing is right for kids and making sure that I progress in that way. Um, you know, reaching out to my my colleagues, my team members um, to really to really battle that. But find what works for you. Find when you have those doubt moments or you lost a little bit of motivation because you haven't seen those results that you want, find what works for you. Find how you can get out of that rut. Yeah, this is a question that happens uh, happens a lot. Happens, I get all the time. And you know what? I am just going to humbly turn to Kids Deserve It, Chapter 9, Dealing with Doubt. Uh, Todd and myself talk about dealing with doubt and uh, you know too much homework you don't have enough time to build relationships. Uh, it's just too much. Is this meant for me? Is this what I should be doing? Focus on celebrations. You know, even the smallest success are worth celebrating. I think that's really, really important to remember, especially if you're feeling that doubt and it's creeping in. Tell it to back off. Go hang out with some kindergarten students. There is one success that you can celebrate every day and focus on that. Question three, what steps do you take to rebuild a relationship with a student after it may have been broken? Well, this is a great question. This question came in through Twitter and not a question I have ever been asked, I believe, but it's something really important. And, um, you know, not going into details, we don't know the details of this question, but I would say all kids know if you are real and you really want to repair that relationship. And all you can do, I believe, 
is apologize if it was your fault, own it, and then start to rebuild the relationship. And how do you do that? Well, you know what? You keep it real. You spend time. You focus on them. You're genuine. And hey, as we all know, it takes time. It takes a long time to build relationships. They can crumble very fast. And to rebuild that relationship can take even longer. So one day at a time, focus on them, own it and apologize and uh, move forward. Yeah. I, I second that, you know, really for me, it's always been that owning it. Cause I think, um, we've all been in those situations where, um, somebody might've taken something the wrong way and, or, you know, what, what you said might've been offensive to somebody and, you know, that relationship crumbles. And so really getting back to the root of it, own it, admit that you made the mistake, move forward and really sit down and be intentional with your, with the conversations and intentional, um, with what you, what your conversation is about and just making sure that both parties, the kid, the student, the teacher know that, Hey, you know what? I made the mistake. I'm a human and, and move forward. Question number four, what are some strategies for convincing parents that traditional homework does not positively impact student learning? Homework. Yeah. You know what? We're going to go there. Uh, before the show, Ryan's like, do you want to talk about homework? I'm like, I want to talk about homework. <laughs> Uh, my really good friend, Alice Keeler and Matt Miller wrote a book, Ditch That Homework. And there is zero evidence about the benefit of homework. And I really feel it's super important to look at what you're doing and what you're giving for homework. And uh, to this question's point, the parents are usually the biggest sticking point. And you got to inform the parents. Uh, ask them, you know, hey, you work all day. Do you want to go home and do work? And think about all the activities that your child has and just the lame homework that is being sent home. Stop wasting kids' lives with worksheets and dittos and coloring projects. And uh, you know what? Let them just be a kid. And uh, just like the previous question, it takes time to kind of win over the parents. And um, I would also say work with your school district and your school because if you can get the school board policy changed – um, actually where my kids go to school, there's a no homework policy or there's a, or, or there's, or there's actually a homework policy. So you can just point to that board, that board agenda item and, and that board policy. And that makes the argument even easier, um, uh, because it's not you having to defend yourself, the, the school district and the policy that has been designed by the superintendent and everybody else in the cabinet, um, is something to stand on. So yes, good luck, but, uh, no more homework. Question number five. Who is someone that you look up to that you would like to give a shout out to? Well, there are so many people in my life. I've been very lucky to have just been surrounded by people. And um, before I give my person a shout out, I would just say you need to surround yourself with the right people. Uh, you know, people ask, ask us, you know, how did you get to where you're doing? Um, how do you know the people you know? And first and foremost, you got to surround yourself with the right people. If you want to do big things, you got to surround yourself with the people that do that. If you want to do nice things and uh, have a good have a good um, relationship with people, then you gotta you gotta do the same thing. And um, I was very lucky to be connected with Peter Dewitt uh, many years ago. Peter is a former teacher, former elementary school principal um, back in New York. And he now, uh, he's also an author and a speaker. And now he just travels all over the world and, um, and, and speaks and does workshops. And um, I was connected through Peter many years ago through a virtual mentorship program. And uh, I've only met Peter one time in my, in my entire life, but we talk all the time. And if I'm going through something, he's somebody that I can call and email and text message and just bounce an idea off of. And, um, 
you know, everybody needs mentors. Everyone needs amazing people in their life. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to Peter DeWitt. Thanks for all that you've done for me. Um, if you ever hear this podcast, um, if you don't know Peter, check him out. He's a, he's a very much stand-up guy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, I think that uh, I echo second what Adam says about, you know, building those relationships, surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, I've had the, the, I've been very fortunate in relationships and meeting people. Um, a couple of years ago at the uh, National Principals Conference in Philadelphia, I uh, met face-to-face with Andy Jacks. And Andy, if you don't know Andy, he is a stand-up guy, um, awesome principal, doing some amazing things at a school, um, creating some cool content to check out. But we've been able to connect over uh, face-to-face in Philadelphia, but then you know, just checking in with each other uh, – from time to time on Voxer and just keeping that relationship going. And he's someone that I can reach out to if I have a question or, Hey, just simply saying, Hey, how's it going? How the kids on that kind of stuff. So Andy Jacks is awesome guy. Uh, Make sure to check him out. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to episode number three. Um, Remember to tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam welcome or at she, he RW. We'll try to answer as many of them on our next show. We'll see you next week and be sure to tune in. Have a great one, guys. See you.